Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, February 11th is just moments away. But before we get into that, well, we got to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this program. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9 are sponsors, as well as the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Giant thank you to those unions. Couldn't do it without you. And of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Ben, people have been waiting all weekend <laughs> and on uh, Monday. What is the song of the day? Well, there's a reason I chose this song, as you shall see. It's thematic, D. Ooh. It's a theme. All right? Theme. Thematic. Okay, theme. Tell me why you crap and why you lied to me. All right. Come on, D. All right. <laughs> the Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. Yeah. Tell me why you sing so badly. It is Tuesday, February 11th. And live from the Chicago Sun-Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's the long-awaited return of our dear friend and radio host, Doris Davenport. Norbert Pickett will be joining us and also making his long-awaited return. Put on your big boy pants, president and CEO of Personal Pack, Terry Cosgrove. And now your host, president of nothing, Chicago Reader <laughs> columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Yeah, hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this New Week Tuesday. And here's why. Great weekend. You have a good weekend, D? Yes, I did. All right. What'd you do? <laughs> it was two days ago. No one cares. But... <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I did. Oh, then. okay. Saw the Oscar shorts on uh, Saturday. Excellent flicks. If you got a chance, run, don't walk, go see the Oscar shorts. You know why they call them shorts, D? No. Because they're short movies. And there's <laughs> correct. <laughs> Thank you, Al Muller. There's five of them. So uh, about 20 minutes each. Excellent flicks. I saw them. I loved them. Oscar shorts. Uh, Os Oscar shorts. I went to high school with a kid named Oscar shorts. Stop. All right. Anyway, uh, on Sunday, I went to the opera. How about that, D? So I'm Madame Butterfly. Santa Lucia. <laughs> <laughs> that's not for Madame Butterfly, but whenever I think opera, that's the only thing that comes to mind. Anyway, uh, race right home after that because the Oscars were on. Yes, I watched the Academy Awards. You watched the Academy Awards, D? No, I did not. <laughs> Had a feeling you didn't watch Keeping the streak alive. Uh, never having in your entire life? As in, <laughs> no, never. Well, you're part of America. The number of people watching uh, declines each year. Pretty soon it'll just be old timers like me. I love that show. Anyway, favorite part? was when Eminem came on. How about that, D? Eminem nice. came on, yeah. Nice. Eminem came on, and he sang his song, Lose Yourself, which is one of your favorite songs. Uh, from 2002, the name of the movie was Eight Mile, right? And that's the song that goes, your name is Clarence. Mm -hmm. You have two parents. I know that. <laughs> that's that. I cannot do any lines from Lose Yourself, but that's that rap contest he has. And all I remember is, your name is Clarence. It'll be a rap battle. What did I say? Rap contest. <laughs> Sorry, Eminem. It was a rap battle. Anyway, the part that I really enjoyed out of watching Eminem uh, on the stage. First of all, he's gotten mature looking. You know, he's got a beard now. A bearded yeah, just Eminem. A, a bearded Eminem and kind of a chunkier Eminem. You know, it looks good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you're looking good, Eminem. Uh, the part I liked it was like all the millennial stars, people in the, roughly from the age 25 to 45 D, they're in the audience. They knew all the words to lose yourself. It's not like me going, your name is Clarence. You have two parents. Uh-uh. They're like, yo, 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 oh Salem's lot. Okay. They knew all the words. Did you know Salem's lot is in that song? Yes, I did. That's the only part I heard. All of a sudden I heard him say Salem's lot. 
Anyway, so they do all the words. It was kind of funny. That's what happens to you folks as you get older, you move on in life. The songs that uh, were really mattered when you were like 16 or 17 really matter that much more when you're 36, 37, 38, 40, whatever. You're like, oh, back in the good old days, I used to listen to that song and you have a memory. And It'd be like if for someone of my age, real old timer, if Paul McCartney walked on the stage and here's where it all comes together, D. Uh-oh. And he sang, tell me why. That's why I sang, tell me why at the outset of the show. Anyway. What a payoff. Yeah. <laughs> you see, D, that's called theme, thematic, okay? Thematic content. Anyway, I woke up. I woke up today and I said, you know what? Last week was not such a good week. Last week was not such a good week for people of the Democratic persuasion, of which I am one. Let's start it off with the debacle in Iowa where the Democrats could not count votes. And that debacle, that inability to count votes, I don't know if they've, I guess they've finished counting them now, but the results are still in doubt. So there's a recount happening. That utter debacle uh, just had a way of aggravating all the uh, age old uh, grudges, grudges and gripes and wounds and battles and bad feelings between the different factions of the Democratic Party. So in many ways, we're uh, less unified than we were when it began. Uh, Bernie backers, and I have many of them in my life, are telling me, Ben, they try to steal the election from us. There's no other conclusion you can reach. I was just hearing this from our good friend, Benji the Bookie, last night at bowling. He was saying there's no other conclusion you can reach. When you look at how it went down on Monday, they were trying to steal the votes from Bernie. They're trying to, excuse me, steal the primary for Bernie when they uh, saw he was going to win. My centrist friends, on the other hand, are telling me how much they can't stand Bernie Sanders. I hear it all the time, D. I can't stand him. I'll vote for him, but I'll hold my nose. I'd vote for a dead frog over Donald Trump. (laughs) What are you really saying when you say that about uh, Bernie Sanders? Anyway, they're still mad over 2016. They believe that Bernie Sanders is the reason Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump. This is unbelievable that this sticks. I just had a a centrist, a Hillary Clinton supporter over the weekend tell me that 50% of Bernie Sanders voters voted for Donald Trump. 50%. That is like the most bizarre statement I've heard in a long time, just made up stuff. 50%? A Bernie Sanders supporters went for, it's just like, they make it up as they go along. First, they would say, well, most Bernie Sanders supporters stayed at home. Then they go like, well, like 10% voted for Trump. Now it's up to 50%. Pretty soon, if they keep going at it, every single Bernie Sanders supporter voted for Donald John Trump. Man, I'll tell you what, this stuff is deep. They can't stand Bernie Sanders. So I don't know how we're going to get out of this thing, particularly with Trump trolling. Donald Trump says, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll play Bernie Sanders supporters off of Hillary's supporters. So he's always tweeting out. What is he always doing? They're trying to steal the election from crazy Bernie. They're trying to steal the election from crazy Bernie. Donald Trump's appeal to Bernie Sanders voters is similar to Donald Trump's appeal to black voters. He offers neither group nothing, absolutely nothing in terms of policies that they would want. In fact, it's, he's regressive. He's going in the opposite direction from where any Bernie Sanders supporter would want to go, or for that matter, where most black people in this country want to go. He's going in the opposite direction. And yet he knows that if he could just work that conflict that exists between Bernie and Hillary Clinton or Bernie and centrist, if he can work it uh, very effectively, just like he works uh, the conflicts between black voters and the Democratic Party in general, uh, that he can discourage Democrats from voting. They'll be like, oh, what's the point? What's the use? Very nihilistic approach by Donald Trump. He's no dope. So that's where we stood at the end of the week. But D, as I said, I'm convinced that this week's going to be better. It's a new week, D. We're going to learn from our lessons, okay? It's going to okay. be a better week this week than it was last week. And I'll tell you what, we're going to start with it. Tonight is the New Hampshire primary. That's correct. All right, thank you, Robert Mueller. And... I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Always goes well. (laughs) Here's my prediction. The Democrats will finish counting the ballots on time. Okay. Okay? It's not going to be a week before they go, well, the winner is. uh, We're not quite sure who the winner is. We're still doing a recheck of the votes. No. We're going to get it done. We're going to prove that Democrats can count ballots. You know, two weeks ago, I would have thought that was a wimpy prediction. But now. (laughs) Kind of going on a limb there. Yeah. 
Now I realize what you're thinking out there, folks. Oh, wow. <laughs> the bar's kind of low on what constitutes a good week. What can I tell you, folks? It's a start. We got a great show today, everybody. Doris Davenport will be here. What kind of centrist uh, on the De- on the Bedrowski show today? Doris Davenport was telling me today, you know, meh, she's you know she had been leaning Biden. I don't know. Maybe she go Bloomberg. We'll see where she's at. Uh, today, I know a lot of our listeners. Oh no! Yeah, Bloomberg's running, folks. He's not on the ballot in New Hampshire, but he's running. He's waiting. Uh, and uh, Norbert Pickett will be here, CEO, CEO of Cannabis Chicago. Is Chicago ever going to award uh, a dispensary uh, license to a black-owned business? Love to see it happen. We'll be talking about that. And then at 2.30, TC, get your big boy pants on. Terry Cosgrove, uh, CEO of Personal Pack. He's a big Barney guy, right? <laughs> He's feeling the burn, huh? I don't know. I'll ask uh, Terry if he's feeling the burn. Actually, they make no endorsements in uh, national elections. Do you get that right? Okay. Make no endorsement. No, 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 negatory. Uh, but uh, we're getting uh, all the play. He's very, got a lot of good insights. Terry Cosgrove, uh, local politics, state politics, and uh, maybe get a little national talk out of Plenty of political talk ahead of us. Before we do that, the young man from Alton, the man they call Dr. Doobie, with the news. Hey, everyone. Before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon, we would like to remind everyone about what we got going on tonight. Starting at 6 p.m. this evening, Tuesday, February 11th, for those who may be listening later, at G-Man Tavern on Clark Street. It's right off the Southport Brown Line. It's our Chicago Reader Live Mobilized Show, New Hampshire Primary Edition. They're going to count the votes on time, D. I mean... All right, <laughs> Democrats, it's incremental. One step follows another step. Tonight, they're going to count the votes on time. Ben Jarofsky and our good friend slash political genius, Samina Mustafa, will be talking all things the New Hampshire Democratic primary. Will Amy Klobuchar make an impact? Will Joe Biden do the complete opposite of making an impact? <laughs> Can Mayor Pete soar in the polls without the shadow app? Will Bernie get the shaft? <laughs> so the many questions. <laughs> That's a good one. So many questions. And Benny J, along with Samina Mustafa, will be discussing the answers tonight. Tonight at G-Man Tavern, 3740 North Clark Street. Google the letter G-Man and Chicago. Yes, that's how you Google, everybody. It's the Chicago Reader Mobilize Live Show, New Hampshire Primary Edition. For more information, find the Chicago Reader on Facebook or Go to chicagoreader.com. Yes, Amina Mustafa. She really knows her politics. She's been coming on the show forever. She has her own uh, podcast. She's uh, not of the centrist persuasion. Let's put it mild. Samina is on the leftist persuasion. Has she endorsed anyone for president? I can't remember. Samina? I don't don't think she has yet. Find out tonight who Samina is endorsing at G-Man Tavern. I may ask her my uh, question. All right. Right now, Samina, don't, don't beat around the bush to quote Marvin Gaye. You got one choice. Who are you voting for? Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg. I wonder what she's going to say if I ask her that question. Huh? What a choice. Hmm. Right. Mike Bloomberg, Pete Buttigieg. Don't beat around the bush. All right. Now to the local news. Well, we got to get down to business. All yes. Right. It is, it's primary season, and we have more Illinois candidates being endorsed. Mm. And we're going to unpack three of them. All right. One, the, two, three. Oh, you can count, guys. Mm. Oh, you are ready to go for tonight. <laughs> got it. All right. We're going to unpack three of them. The first two, speculation free. The other one, eh, well, I don't know. Our colleagues at the Chicago Sun-Times have their pick in the heated 3rd Congressional District Democratic primary. Remember, last time, round one was a razor-thin election. It's Dino Dan Lipinski, Marie Newman, the real Democrat, round two, and a couple of others. I'm Rush Darwish, and I approve this message. (laughs) Sadly, the Sun-Times does not have a crush on Rush, no. In fact, they announced this morning that they agree with Marie. Yeah, the Chicago Sun-Times is endorsing Marie Newman. Here's the piece from the Sun-Times editorial board. Democratic voters in this district deserve to be represented by a consistent fighter for better health care, especially at the Trump administra- as the Trump administration continues its assault on the Affordable Care Act. Marie Newman, a businesswoman from LaGrange, leaves no doubt that she would make that fight. Mm, yeah, uh, Dan Lipinski, as everybody knows, is perhaps the most conservative Democrat in the House. 
Uh, he's so far to the right, he pretty much is a Republican, uh, particularly on the issue of choice, uh, vehemently opposed to uh, abortion rights uh, almost in any instance. So that's perhaps where he's most vulnerable. But he's also vulnerable on the issue of health care. The Democratic Party as a whole has pretty much agreed that we need to solidify, bolster and strengthen health care uh, in this country, maybe even move to the left. Oh, yeah. Do you think so, guys? You think it's about time we had national health care? I don't know. The whole rest of the world has it. But slowly, the Democratic Party is moving left to this. I'm going to give a little shout out to Bernie Sanders. I know it's not popular with my centrist friends, but he's the reason that the Democratic parties uh, have moved to the left. That you see in the debates, Amy Klobuchar's uh, of the world saying, yes, I believe in a public option, but if you like your private care, insurance, you should keep it. At least she's saying, I believe in a public option. And we owe Bernie thanks to that. Uh, Dan Lipinski, straggling on that issue. Not quite sure where he stands on that issue. So even, even if you... If you're, for some reason, indifferent on the matter of abortion rights, which I can't imagine anybody being indifferent to it, but let's say you are indifferent, it just doesn't matter to you. I would hope health care would matter to you. And Marie Newman uh, is um, uh, far to the left of uh, Dan Lipinski on that matter. So, yeah, sometimes picking and choosing very carefully. Why? Uh, the justification for endorsing Marie Newman. Very interesting. As opposed to saying, oh, man, God, I'm so sick of the Lipinskis on the on the southwest side of Chicago. These conservative Democrats in name only. Instead of saying that, which is like a legitimate point. And remember who the Sun-Times endorsed for mayor last time around. Laurie Lightfoot. There we go. And hey, Marie Newman picked up another big endorsement over the weekend from Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Yes, along with her Kim Fox for Cook County State's Attorney candidate endorsement, she endorsed Marie Newman as well. Lightfoot said about the endorsement and Newman, quote, It's time for the people of the 3rd District to have a real Democrat representing their values, and added that, quote, It's no wonder some refer to Lipinski as Trump's favorite Democrat. <laughs> she said that? Yeah. That's pretty good. Lori Lightfoot. Lori Lightfoot and I see an eye to eye on that one. I, I, if I lived in the third, I would vote for Marie Newman. Yeah. So what? Lori and I fit an I see eye to eye in that one. But it's not her third congressional district vote that has all the Chicago political nerds like Ben asking, <laughs> what the hell, Lori? It's Lightfoot's third district state rep endorsement. Oh. On Monday, mm-hmm. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced that she will be endorsing Eva Dina Delgado for state rep. This election, by the way, is the one to replace the corrupt and because of that now former state rep, Louis Arroyo. Ben, what was it that Arroyo was busted for? Was uh, Arroyo was a br- taking bribes, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly taking bribes from a state senator, wasn't it? Uh, oh, he claims he wasn't the bribe giver. Remember that, D. Terry Link? I didn't do it. All right, whatever. And Eva Delgado, by the way, is the woman who was handpicked by Arroyo himself to replace him. That's awkward, right? Mm-hmm. But wait, no. there's more. Okay. And let the speculation begin, because if you were to do some research on Eva Dina Delgado's opponents, you'd learn that one of them is a public schools teacher and a CTU activist. A CTU activist who went on a hunger strike during last year's Chicago teacher strike. Her name, Nidia Carranza. Mm-hmm. Now, you all remember the Chicago teacher strike, right? That Mm -hmm. time when the Chicago Teachers Union tested our newly elected mayor in a two-week back-and-forth bargaining battle royale? (laughs) Well, some believe that this endorsement is proof that the grudge between the mayor and the teachers union is alive and well. Ben Jarofsky. Is the endorsement proof that the grudge between the mayor and the teachers union is alive and well? Are you asking me whether I am part of the sum that believe that? That's correct. Uh, yeah, thank you, Robert Mueller. Yes, I believe <laughs> some things don't heal. I'm just talking about Democrats still haven't, the wounds haven't healed from 2016. That was four years ago. Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton still battling it out, right? Dean, their supporters still battling it out. I got Bernie Sanders supporters. Notice I didn't say that word. Notice I didn't. Notice I learned. I love it. I love it. Who, who's Steve? I learned, Steve. I really did learn. I took to heart your criticism. Anyway, Bernie Sanders support. I know many Bernie Sanders. I will not not vote for any democrat if it's not bernie so there's that going on i got centrists who hate uh bernie sanders in 2016 why should it be the democrats in chicago be any different uh clearly Lori lightfoot has not forgotten and forgiven uh the battle that uh the mayoral battle against tony preckwinkle in which the chicago teachers union endorsed tony preckwinkle uh, then there was the strike, and uh, Lori Lightfoot's voter, uh, supporters were convinced that the whole strike was about getting revenge for Tony Preckwinkle losing. 
why they thought teachers would go on strike, uh, missing pay, exposing themselves to the elements just to get revenge for an election they got clobbered in. I don't know, but whatever. I'm telling you, D, when Democrats fight, they love to fight. So let's go back and unwrap this one, all right? As you were saying, uh, Eva Dina Delgado, I think she worked for People's Gas. She's an executive from People's Gas, was appointed by the ward committeeman uh, in the, the district, the third district, to replace Louis Arroyo. All right, you say, well, Ben, that's how it happens, right? That's how it goes down. When there's a vacancy uh, in uh, a state representative seat, the ward committeeman get to pick the person who replaces this. Okay, I'm explaining this because I know a lot of our listeners are not from Chicago. I'm explaining how the process works. Well, guess who is one of the ward committeemen who selected Eva Dina Delgado? Louis Arroyo. And guess why Louis Arroyo uh, had to step down? Because he was nailed in a uh, federal prosecution or uh, federal charges of accepting bribes. So you have the guy who had walked away in disgrace naming his replacement. That is exhibit A of not how you do things in good government. That's not how you do things uh, if you have transparency, if you believe in democracy. It's ant- It's like everything that the Chicago Democratic machine uh, stands for and what reformers are against. Right, D? And who ran against the Democratic machine? Who was elected largely because she was an opponent of the Democratic machine? Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> but now she's supporting uh, Eva Dina Delgado over uh, Carranza, who's a public school teacher and supported by CTU. If I didn't know any better, I would say uh, the the kiss of death for Carranza and getting Lori, not getting Lori Lightfoot's endorsement is the endorsement of CTU. Folks, if you're outside of Chicago, the bottom line is this. We are insane. Okay. We are crazy here in the city of Chicago. We would rather fight each other than join together uh, to fight for our common interests. That's how we do it in the city of Chicago, folks. We love to fight each other. So anyway, Lori Lightfoot has decided she's going to uh, uh, support uh, Eva Dina Delgado, even though uh, Delgado was there by virtue of the fact that Louis Arroyo uh, used his influence to get her uh, to fill the vacancy. I remember when Michael Madigan... Michael Joseph Madigan, House Speaker, who is not exactly a reformer, but has been embarrassed by all the uh, the investigations uh, into the Democratic Party and to some of uh, the the uh, sp- the state reps and se- state senators of Springfield. When Michael Joseph Madigan said he would not allow Delgado to be seated, he's kind of dropped that threat. It's interesting, man. I'll tell you what, Chicago politics is a trip. People in Chicago would rather be fighting each other then joining forces to fight the Republicans. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say this Eva Marie Delgado is just really good. Okay. Or really, or D, uh, Eva Dina Delgado. All right. Can't remember her name, but I'm sure she's a great candidate. All, all right. right. So it's nothing to do with uh, uh, CTU. Nah, or the Arroyo thing. She's just good. Yeah, she's really good. Didn't matter that Louis Arroyo yeah. named her, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm sure she's good. Okay. She, you know what? Here's the deal, folks. It shouldn't have taken the seat, right? Louis Arroyo, I agree with the Sun-Times in this one. My beloved Bright One, we don't always see eye to eye when they write their editorial. Sometimes I'm like, ah, Sun-Times, I'm not feeling this one. But in this one, I do. This thing where you hand off these vacancies, uh, you know, where a guy gets indicted or is on the verge of getting indicted, it's been charged, I should say, gets to name his replacement. I don't know if that's good for democracy. Maybe we should just hold back and let the voters decide. I mean, we have the primary coming up uh, in March, so, you know, But then the other argument would be, oh, well, Ben, the voters of the district, the third district deserve a representation. They have to have representation. They can't go a day without representation. That's true in the principle. I'd also say I don't believe that. D, if we could get if you could find one out of 10 voters in Chicago who could tell you who their state rep is, that would be an amazing feat, all right? And you, you would make fun of me. Oh, what a nerd. He, you know who your state rep is. Do you know who your state rep is? My state rep. Wait, uh, 
Andrade. Jamie, and, Jamie Andrade? I think you're absolutely correct. That's correct. Wow. He sent me a, a birthday letter like on in the mail. It was nice of him. It was really nice yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, uh, Representative Andrade. Well, I'm stunned and impressed. You know, you're yeah, yeah. I was going to say you're... Co-host of the Two Fellers Eaten podcast. Dave Feller, who was, <laughs> who was a candidate for a brief moment in this race, and then yeah. he dropped out to support uh, Carranza. So anyway, listen, Chicago politics, it's a weird game. It's a weird Weird trip, man, we have in Chicago when it comes to politics. Uh, you know what? Lori Lightfoot is should have endorsed Carranza and should have said, my, I want to reach out to my brothers and sisters, the Chicago Teachers Union. We're all Democrats. We didn't agree. We didn't see eye to eye on the mayoral race. But you know what? I love you guys. Come on. Doesn't this work, little right? light of mine, <laughs> I'm going to let it shine. And my good friend, Stacey Davis Gates, as DG, she should have said, I love you, Lori Lightfoot. We all can get along. And my good friend, Jeanette Taylor, all the women of 20th Ward, was in this show just Friday. Remember that, D? Yes, I do. Uh, she should have said, I love you, Lori Lightfoot. We had some disagreements on, you know, the uh, Obama Center and the Community Benefits Agreement, but we can get along. Can't we all just get along? Just get along? No. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Lori Lightfoot supporting Louis Arroyo's candidate. Well, you know, you live long enough, you see it all. By the way, shout out to the live stream chat room. What's going on, guys? We'll be reading your comments in moments. Mm-hmm. We got one more story to talk about here. And, of course, it's about more corruption. Oh. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and reoccurring Ben Jarofsky show guest Andy Grimm. Ah, Andy Grimm, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Twelve more convictions tied to corrupt ex-CPD Sergeant Ronald Watts wiped out. Prosecutors have dropped nearly 80 convictions connected to Watts, who was convicted of shaking down residents of the Ida B. Wells housing Mm. projects. Ben, before we continue, coach us up here. Who the hell is Ronald Watts? Ronald Watts is Chicago. uh, I don't believe he's on the force anymore. Uh, And, uh, yeah, he was... uh, uh, he was the guy who was extracting confessions from people uh, f- using physical force and intimidation. And uh, these convictions are getting thrown out the window. Let's see here. The article continues here from Mr. Grimm. Cook County prosecutors Tuesday cleared a dozen men of convictions tainted by a corrupt ex-Chicago police sergeant. The latest in a series of, quote, mass exonerations the state's attorney's office began in 2017. Ronald Watts and Kalat Muhammad led a tactical unit in the Ida B. Wells housing project and carried on a side business shaking down drug dealers and residents using the threat of arrest to extort money and drugs. Watts and Muhammad were hit with federal charges in 2012 after they were recorded taking $5,200 from an informant in an FBI sting operation. Prosecutors have wiped out more than 90 convictions connected to Watts' team, beginning with a group of 15 defendants who can, whose convictions were overturned at a hearing in November 2017. State's attorney Kim Fox, who has touted her record on criminal justice reform as she seeks a second term in office, sat in Chief Criminal Court's Judge Leroy Martin Jr.'s courtroom during the brief hearing. Yeah. Um, all right. This is something that Lori Lightfoot, Stacey Davis Gates, Jeanette Taylor, uh, who else can all agree on? They all agree on this. They all endorse Kim Fox. And Kim Fox, of course, is running for re-election, uh, Cook County State's Attorney. And uh, she is, her, one of her, her strengths, in my humble opinion, at the, is that she's uh, exonerating these cases, uh, which, uh, to put it mildly, the evidence against the people uh, was tainted by the corruption of the police officers uh, who made the arrests and forced confessions and intimidated and were uh, uh, corrupt and crooked, et cetera, and so forth. And so uh, this is an important step in Cook County uh, criminal justice that we're moving away from this era when uh, automatically the prosecutors assume that anybody uh, who is, is uh, been convicted or charged uh, is guilty. There's no doubting, no second doubts, no second thoughts, I should say. Uh, this, so I don't know how hundreds of people have been uh, unfairly, erroneously uh, uh, sent to prison uh, based on tainted evidence, based on uh, made-up cases, based up on uh, uh, confessions that were forced and coerced. So this is something a very important uh, development. Like I hate, I hesitate to call use the word reform on anything. So I'm, I'm going to not uh, uh, call it reform. 
I would just say it's a movement toward sanity. And I, I've talked to, we've had Andy Grimm on the show before. Uh, Ramana Hussein uh, is also every Friday, former criminal justice reporter. She comes on the show and we talk about criminal justice uh, in Cook County. And folks, if you haven't been exposed to it, it's one of the most depressing scenes in the world, what goes on in the criminal courts building on a routine basis. Uh, just it, it, just the, the assembly line aspect of the, the criminal justice process. Uh, I remember uh, sitting through a case that was one of the most contrived, bizarre cases I've ever seen, uh, D, where a couple of school teachers were convicted of running a grow house. Now, of course, uh, reefer is legal. It was so bizarre the way the Cook County's, the state's attorney in those days was Anita Alvarez's office, insisted not only uh, that these people were guilty, but this was just a very uh, a godforsaken, horrific crime against humanity, if you will. And uh, just the, 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 the way that prosecutors get entrenched uh, on their cases as though it's like a, it's a personal front to admit that they're wrong and they're just going to keep persisting uh, with the same old weak arguments against defendants who shouldn't even be in the docket in the first place. Very depressing. So I celebrate the fact that Kim Fox is making some moves to redress this situation. And I just want to point out uh, that we were talking about the, the things that Lori Lightfoot and Stacey Davis-Gates don't agree on. Well, they agree on this. They both support uh, Kim Fox. So there you go. This is the first step for rapprochement. Ooh. Yeah, that's a Jesse Jackson. I learned that from Jesse Jackson. He used to talk about rapprochement. Anyway. Sounds like a delicious food. Yeah. All right. So we're going to keep you posted on those stories as today's program rolls along. We do have an update here. Uh, the following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and the one and only Fran DeWoe Manspielman. You better believe Fran's hustling today. Let's see here. It says Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Tuesday. Today. Pulled the plug on her own plan to strip aldermen of their unbridled control over business signs to avoid what could have been an embarrassing city council defeat. The city council's transportation committee was poised to consider the mayor's plan to give legislative muscle to the executive order she signed just hours after taking office. But shortly before the meeting, the mayor's office announced Lightfoot had asked transportation committee chairman, Ben, who's that? I have no idea. Oh, we finally stumped Ben Jarofsky. <laughs> Wait a minute. Howard Brookins. Oh, Howard Brookins. Uh, yeah, which ward is Howard Brookins? I know you're going to ask me that next. Southside Ward, Howard Brookins is 21. Nice. Right? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're half a nerd on that one. <laughs> Didn't get the first one, but you got the side. I don't know committee chairs, all right? <laughs> I got to study up on my committee chairs. I'll read it again. But shortly before the meeting, the mayor's office announced light-footed ass transportation committee chairman Howard Brookins to pull the item from his agenda. We got a... A statement from the mayor here. It says, quote, after holding numerous briefings with city council on the latest reforms, we have heard important feedback and concerns from small business partners, council members, community leaders, and other stakeholders. Ben Drofsky, your thoughts? Well, first of all, I, I believe that, uh, I've said this many times, the whole issue of automatic prerogative uh, has exaggerated. I've there's somebody out there on our uh, our live feed who always takes issue with me on this point. Oh, not the live feed, just uh, the Twitter and Facebook. Oh, hey, Ben. <laughs> okay, whatever the guy's name is. Uh, but I felt it was exaggerated. I, I thought it was a, a very handy, useful campaign tool for Lori Lightfoot. But I was hoping that she would kind of just sort of drop it once elected. You know, of all the things she campaigned on, that would be the first one I would drop, all right? Uh, and I would keep, you know, changing the TIF program, like at the top of the... Uh, charts on that so um i i would uh, i would hope she would drop it i've said this many times uh for all my complaints about aldermen as a citizen i would rather have my aldermen be in charge of something like i don't know whether a, a store gets uh you know an outdoor permit or whether a, a developer gets a zoning change or variance uh because that's more democracy the alderman uh, is accountable to the people. The alderman has to go for re-election every four years. I would rather that alderman be the one who face the people and explain why he or she is for the change. I'd have uh, open hearings on the matter as opposed to some unknown bureaucrat appointed by the mayor. 
That's just me, right, D? I just think, what's the point of having 50 aldermen and 50 wards if the aldermen are not going to oversee things that really matter to the people in their wards? If we're just gonna, well, we're just going to have the aldermen be the aldermen, and we're going to give all these the power to some unseen bureaucrat. Then why have an alderman? Well, some people are saying, yeah, Ben, good question. Why have the alderman? Well, because you want the alderman in charge of local issues. So uh, I'm glad that uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot is just quietly uh, dropping this matter. I thought the whole issue of alderman and prerogative was exaggerated uh, and was just a, just a convenient little um, way of sort of personifying, I guess, or symbolizing just the corruption in the city of Chicago. So yeah, I'm against aldermanic uh, prerogative, even lefties would be against aldermanic prerogative. I'm against aldermanic prerogative. You know, it's just sort of like, yeah, of course, I'm against aldermanic prerogative. Oh, I didn't even know what, what it is or how it functions, but I'm against it. Okay. I'm right. glad she dropped it. And before we go to your comments on the live stream chat, uh, we have an ad to play, Ben. We love playing ads here on the Ben Jarofsky Show. Mm. The following comes from CapitalFacts.com and the meanest Illinois political bulldog in the yard. Get him on the chain, Rich Miller. Shout out to Rich Miller, right? Where's the, where's the ad? <laughs> We're getting there, oh. Mr. Impatient. <laughs> All right, here's a press release from one Dr. Chuck Ellington, a Republican out of Camargo, Illinois. Okay. Yeah, you've been We're, to Camargo? Uh, not lately. Oh, well. Where is Camargo? I don't know. I'll look it up uh, when we play this ad here. Here's the press release from Dr. Chuck Ellington, Republican out of Camargo. Uh, he released his first campaign ad in his bid to replace the retiring John Shimkus in the March Republican primary. Dr. Chuck's ad promotes uh, that it takes real strength to overhaul Obamacare and support our farmers. Dr. Chuck, maybe he's a fictional doctor like me, Dr. Doobie. <laughs> Dr. Chuck will yeah. bring that real strength with him to Washington, D.C. Without further ado, it's the latest ad from Dr. Chuck Ellington. Ben, maybe we should get him on the program. I'm Dr. Chuck Ellington, and I approve this message. God, family, and agriculture. These are pillars that make America strong. Our leaders in Congress are lacking strength. Strength takes focus, discipline, and dedication. Virtues that are lacking from career politicians. Okay, wait, hold on. You guys can't see the ad. This dude is jacked. He's okay. like he's like lifting weights. He's moving wait, tires. As he's talking, he's lifting the weights? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just showing uh, highlights of him. It's like a montage. He's like chucking a big tractor tire. Holy cow. Washington <laughs> insiders. We need real working professionals in Congress. I earned my dual medical doctorate and Juris Doctorate at Southern Illinois University. I want to take this expertise to Congress and overhaul Obamacare and promote agriculture through investment and free trade. Together, we can help keep America strong. That's him putting the weights yeah. down, clanging and banging. Overhaul, overhaul Obamacare. That's so vague. I'm not sure what he is means by that. And general, remember, Republicans ran against Obamacare from the moment uh, that uh, the Democrats uh, passed it. And uh, I, my, my guess is the only thing they had against Obamacare was the Obama part of the care, that if it was uh, championed by Obama as part of his political legacy, not, and they want to undo his political legacy, want to forget that he was ever president. So they want to take away Obamacare. There's a, a problem with that, of course, is that there's a lot of people depend on it for their health insurance. So pre, it, it, because of Obamacare, you cannot deny people health insurance because of pre-existing conditions, all right? So when you say overhaul Obamacare, you're going to throw out that, provision about the pre-existing conditions see republicans have never republicans have never uh been forced to come up with their own alternative to obamacare they've just been allowed to run around saying they're going to get rid of it donald trump is still saying he's going to get rid of it uh and he has no alternative to it so it's just interesting overhaul obamacare what does that even mean you know you're gonna i'd like to see the republicans for once offer an alternative to Obama. I'd like to see the Republicans for once you know, put their proposals in for dealing with climate change. But Republicans are allowed to skate free of these, uh, all these issues. These are all the issues that apparently concern Democrats. So yeah, I'm kind of curious. overhaul Obamacare. I don't even know what that what that means. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is trying to destroy Obamacare. He's got his lawyers in court and a federal case in Texas. So if anybody needs Ob is dependent on Obamacare. Votes for Republican, they're utterly insane. Yep, I say that to my my good friends, Bernie Sanders supporters. If there's a Bernie Sanders supporter out there 
who uh, is dependent on Obamacare for his or her health care, and you do not vote for the Democrat, you are clinically insane. I said it. Bendrovsky Show listeners, don't worry. Whenever a random, in the middle of nowhere, Illinois Republican ad comes, the Bendrovsky Show is going to play it, all right? Do not worry about that. All right, let's go to the live stream chat here. KMA Barry weighed in. He said, Ben, stop watching movies and learn the damn committee chairs already. <laughs> committee all right, chair. Oh, who said that? KMA Barry. All right, KMA Barry. Who's the finance chair? Well, that's an easy one. Even I know that one. Yeah. Who's budget chair? KMA Barry. No, it is. You know what? Back in the day, I did know. Actually, I don't think KMA Barry. Uh, I don't think I ever knew the committee chairs. All of them. You know, I never. Knew. I knew the state capitals back in really way, way a long time ago. Anyway, all right. I will study the committee chair next week. You, I'll, I'll take a quiz on committee chair. All right, maybe we will do that next week. Uh, Kyle weighed in. He said, "Eva Dina Delgado. All she needs to do is not accept a bag with a dollar sign on it, and she'll already be better than Royo." What do you say about that? Uh, the bar is low. <laughs> uh, I, mean, that, I don't know. I, I, I would say that any. My listen, not that Lori Lightfoot's taking advice from me, but that. You know, might have been a good idea to avoid that uh, endorsement. You know, I'm just saying the whole royal thing. And I mean, let's face it. Lori Lightfoot owes uh, her victory in large degree because she was able. She stood up to Ed Burke and uh, Joe Berrios and the sleazy ways of the Democratic Party. So, you know, uh, to quote Ken Davis. I don't know, you know? <laughs> All right, Kyle's going two for two here. He says, lesson I'm, lesson I'm learning from the Ben Jarofsky show. If I become a local politician, I can hold on to a grudge forever. <laughs> My bitter, blissful grudge. <laughs> it's I tell you what I do. You are so right, man. They just hold on grudges forever. I don't know, Daily, Daily hold on grudges? I don't know. You know what? When uh, Richie Daly left office, he posed for a photo with me, D. All right. Oh. I hammered him for all year after year. And he was all over. He goes, here, I'm out of here. I'll post uh, for you. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Marie asks, where is the third district? That's a very good question. I thought Dennis lived in the third uh, district, Jay Marie. It's on the northwest side of Chicago. It zigs and zags. There's so much gerrymandering that uh, goes on. But uh, roughly Portage Park area around there. Uh, northwest side of Chicago. Like, uh, I don't know if these wards mean anything uh, to anybody. Again, the wards are all zigging and zagging. 30th Ward Arroyo is the uh, alderman, uh, excuse me, the committeeman of the 30th Ward. So, Kyle, man, Kyle has got a lot of comments here. We appreciate you, Kyle. Uh, he weighed in at the beginning of the program, uh, said, can't decide if Ben's low bar prediction, talking about uh, tonight's uh, primary, is either bold or utterly tragic. <laughs> Well, I said, yeah, the, the bar is low. Last week was so depressing for Democrats. Uh, they couldn't even count the votes. Uh, and, you know, many of my uh, Bernie uh, Sanders supporters friends say they think they, they could have counted the votes. They just didn't want to count the votes because Bernie would be victorious, they say. No, I think it was incompetence, guys. I'm sorry. I'm going to disagree with uh, my good friend, uh, uh, Bernie the uh, Benny the bookie I uh, Benji the bookie I think uh, that it was just incompetence on the part of the Democrats in Iowa and that silly app that they purchased and that's when they immediately go oh, well Ben what about shadow what about Buddha judge what about this what about that eh, incompetence <laughs> I'm going with incompetence and speaking of the New Hampshire primary that is tonight and starting at 6 p.m. tonight Tuesday, February 11th at G-Man Tavern on Clark Street. It's right off the Southport Brown Line. Ben Jarofsky and Samina Mustafa will be talking all things the New Hampshire Democratic primary. Join us, won't you? We're also going to be live streaming the event as well. So it'd be great if you uh, hang out with us and join us. Like I said, it's right off the Southport Brown Line on Clark Street, 3740 North Clark Street. More live stream chat here. Johnny Joe. I believe he's a downstate man. Johnny Joe says single payer will put Obamacare in the trash bin of history where it belongs. Well, I, you know, I'm a single payer guy, Johnny Joe. I'm with you, but I had, I think that uh, Obamacare was a very important what step between the utter. Uh, chaos of what we had before, or the disaster of what we had before, and single payer. And I don't know uh, how long it's going to take before we get single payer, because as you saw, Donald Trump, I'm, I'm going to throw this out 
to my Bernie Sanders supporters out there, Donald Trump last week said he wants American health care. That's what he said. I'm just quoting Donald Trump. So that would be a retreat. American health care, what it is, apparently is no health care in the minds of Donald Trump. No health care uh, unless you have a job. And uh, if you don't have a job, sorry, you're out of luck. If you have a pre-existing condition, sorry, you're out of luck. That's Donald Trump's attitude toward health care. That's the Republicans' attitude toward health care. Uh, and again, Obamacare was Romney care. Obama just basically took the, the, the plan that Mitt Romney instituted when he was governor of uh, Massachusetts and put it on a federal level. Uh, and of course, Mitt Romney's persona non grata in the, in the Republican Party right now. So they've abandoned that as well. So uh, if you're um, if, if if you need Obamacare, if you're dependent on Obamacare, I wouldn't just be so quick uh, to dismiss it because it's it's brought health care to a lot of people. But I do believe we have to take the next step and go to a, a, a single payer plan. All right. You may find live streamer Kyle at Zany's this weekend because he is on fire here. Kyle says, Ben. Uh, write three different numbers down on a piece of paper. Read them out loud. Congrats, you're already more competent than the Iowa Democratic Party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, 32060. There we go. Oh, and hey, right now on the Bendrowski Show Facebook page, uh, our good friend Pat Whalen uh, posted a great question, a question that I think we're going to be uh, asking everybody when they come into the studio, especially now that it's the primary season. Do you plan on voting blue no matter who? Well, I'm going to write that down. That's the question posted right now on the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page. Head over to the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page at Benny J Show. B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. Also, we're on Instagram, the Ben Jarofsky Show. Uh, Instagram update. How's that going? Hold on. Uh, sorry, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, I'll, I'll slow down. Okay, I just... Facebook always calls me. They're really upset. You know, they own Instagram, dude. Yeah, they own Instagram. going really well. going really well. I think I'm going to post a picture of Mick Fansler. Oh, nice. Had a nice picture of Mick Fansler uh, from the Curls. Was, uh, we did a bonus show with him on Friday, and he, he came and he sang a song, a great song. So, uh, yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to post a picture of Mick. Oh, and it's a poll that uh, Pat Whalen posted on the Bendrowski Show Facebook page. Will you vote blue no matter who? We're doing our own little version of a vote as well here on the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page. And also, feel free to email us. We never give our email out really that much. BennyJShow at gmail.com. B-E-N-N-Y-J-Show at gmail.com. All right, everybody. We've done enough uh, selfless promotions. We're going to take a break now. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Coming up later, Doris Davenport. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Hey, everybody. What you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. Man, listen to Jeff go. Jeff Manuel has been playing piano around Chicago for years. He's played for conventions, for celebrities, played in basement bars with blues bands. He's played at prestigious social clubs, fine restaurants, and in the intimacy of private homes. Book Jeff Manuel at jeffemanuelpianist.com. Don't worry, I'll spell his name at the end of this commercial. You know what Chicago Magazine said? They said that Jeff Manuel is, quote, as comfortable with Chopin as he is with Cole Porter. He's excellent, and his performance is joyous. He offers an elegant stream of compositions and interpretations that entertains the mind but won't hurt the ears. To hear more of Jeff Manuel's work and to book Jeff for your next event, go to jeffmanuelpianist.com. I'm going to spell it out for you, people. J-E-F-F. M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, U, E, L, P, I, A, N, I, S, T, dot com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel. It's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right, it's made entirely out of butter, and it, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. 
commercial break over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Norbert Pickett will be in the studio pretty soon, CEO Cannabis Chicago. Doris Davenport will be dropping by as well. You're saying Cannabis, right? Yeah, that's and awesome. We're going to hear all about that. Uh, you know, will, Is Chicago ready uh, to uh, have a dispensary that's solely owned uh, by a... Uh, a black business person. So that to be uh, the discussion, the debate. Looking forward to that one. Uh, Doris Davenport will be here as well. And Terry Cosgrove will be here uh, later in the hour from Personal Pack, talking about state and uh, uh, national and uh, some local issues with Terry Cosgrove. Uh, Dee, you did an interesting thing. We came over to, sh- uh, to my house yesterday, the day <laughs> off. Uh, Dennis uh, has brought all his equipment uh, and... Uh, we uh, taped an interview, recorded an interview, I should say. Yeah, don't uh, say taped. Yes, I know. From uh, my room, overlooking the L uh, and overlooking the back alley. Uh, there were no. There was <laughs> glorious sight. Yeah, a glorious sight, but uh, it was pretty funny because the train kept going. Hey, good news! The trains are running in the city of Chicago, and the trains kept going by. And uh, yeah, it's a brand new thing that we're doing here. Uh, once a week, we're going to try and do it. As you know, Ben Jarowski, Chicago Reader columnist. He's been doing it for a long, long time, guys, since like 1984. And uh, turns out on the ChicagoReader.com is an archive going all the way back to damn near 1984 of Ben Jarofsky columns. Uh, so what we do is we do a show called Beyond the Column. Not only do we uh, go over Ben's latest column in the Chicago Reader, we also look at Ben Jarofsky column past. Ben, what uh, what was the article? I don't know if it's out yet on the ChicagoReader.com. Let's talk about your latest article, uh, Chicago's Three-Card Monty. Yeah, Three-Card Monty. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's out yet, but uh, this relates to the TIFF program, one of my favorite topics. And I think uh, we're we're going to actually have a member of Lori Lightfoot's administration in the studio uh, to discuss the TIF program. Looking forward to that. I've been talking back and forth uh, with uh, members of her communications department. So I'm hoping to have a member. We've reached out uh, to from someone from Lori Lightfoot's administration. All right, the TIF program in the city of Chicago. I've been writing about this forever. Uh, it's my particular obsession. It's uh, my Moby Dick. And uh, this is the single greatest source of discretionary income that a mayor has, ostensibly for economic development but because of the loopholes in the law, the mayor's free to do whatever he or she wants with TIF money. So it's, it's effectively a slush fund. I've been writing about this for years, uh, and there's three elements of TIF, uh, the TIF program that are in need of change, rectification from the way they've done it in the past. And Lori Lightfoot came through with a proposal that deals with two of those two of those. Uh, and so I gave her credit for dealing uh, with two problems uh, with the TIF program. Uh, those have to do with equity and transparency. So what do I mean by equity? By equity, I mean, and Lori Lightfoot means as well, that a program that's intended to help the poorest of the poor largely helps the richest of the rich. There's a huge loophole in the state TIF law that allows any neighborhood in the city of Chicago, actually any neighborhood in the state of Illinois, uh, but the Kenilworth was uh, proposing to have a TIF. Kenilworth is one of the wealthiest suburbs, not just in the state, but I think in the country on the North Shore. So if Kenilworth can have a TIF, you know there's something wrong with this program, folks. Uh, you know there's some loopholes that have to be closed in this program. Uh, anyway, so uh, uh, the problem in the city of Chicago, because of the loopholes, the wealthiest neighborhood neighborhoods generally get the largest share of TIF proceeds. The neighborhoods that are gentrifying the most uh, get the most money. The neighborhoods that least need assistance get the assistance. And the neighborhoods that most need assistance don't get the assistance. Lori Lightfoot uh, ran uh, as a critic of the inequities in the TIF program. And uh, she last week announced that, we talked about this on the show, uh, that she was going to uh, study the problem and make sure that the TIF funds are more equitably uh, distributed throughout the city of Chicago. Not the specifics, you know, she hasn't come uh, through with these specifics of what all this means and how this is going to be addressed. That's why I would like to have a representative of the Lori Lightfoot administration on to talk about it. But it's, I give her credit or at least recognizing this. Now, I also want to point out that Mayor Rahm promised to to do something about this too, and he didn't do anything about it. In fact, he took it in the other direction. But you know what, D? Remember what I said at the start of the show? It's a new week, okay? There we go. I'm going to be optimistic. There we go. All right? All right. No more of this pessimism. 
Never. Over this gloom and doom. Yeah. All right. Just because Rom lied doesn't mean Lori Lightfoot will. All That's right. Correct. All right. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so she's promising to deal with the equity issue. Uh, and uh, that second issue, the second point is transparency. Uh, it's a shadow budget. Mick Dumpkin and I wrote about this. We had a story way back when, 10 years ago, called The Shadow Budget. And it's it's all about how... Wait, uh, The Shadow App? <laughs> no, not The Shadow App. This is before... I think most of the people who designed The Shadow App were still in grammar school and Mick <laughs> Dumpkin and I wrote The Shadow Budget story. Good God, The Shadow App. What a joke. <laughs> what a joke. Just count the ballots, Iowa. <laughs> You don't need an app. Everybody wants an app. Just count the freaking ballots. All right. Another five-star Chicago <laughs> Reader column from our very own Ben Jarofsky. He loves talking tips. You can download our Beyond the Column podcast. Wait, let me just make one last point about this column. So At both uh, Chicago Reader uh, websites and Chicago Sun-Times websites, wherever else you download your favorite podcast, go. Uh, all right. So she says she's going to be more transparent and show us where the TIF money is going and what the process uh, that they uh, they follow to decide who gets the TIF money? Uh, and uh, they're, they're, oh, we had a blast with this one. The whole issue of the but for in TIFs, Dennis had a lot of fun with that but for. Uh, and so, yes, I give her uh, credit for doing that uh, and uh, promising to be more transparent. Also, want to point out that Mayor Rahm also promised to be more transparent as well with TIFs. He broke that promise, but again. It's a new week. I'm optimistic that Lori Lightfoot will come through in a way that Rom didn't. The final point is the one that uh, I'm a little concerned about, and that is the impact that TIFs have on property taxes. They raise the amount that we pay in property taxes. I don't get the sense that Lori Lightfoot is going to be dealing with that. Oh, my God. Soon. This guy loves talking about TIFs. He can go on and on and yes, on. Yes, I can. So, uh, yeah, make sure you go check that out. Download it, uh, both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast, Beyond the Column. Ben, we got a little time until Doris Davenport gets here. You wanted to talk about a, another state reps race going on, right? Oh, yes, indeed. This uh, was so, some similarities to what's uh, happening. And we talked about the, the third uh, rep uh, seat where Eva Dina Delgado is running uh, against uh, Nidia uh, Carranza and Lori Lightfoot has weighed in on behalf of Delgado uh, and the teachers union have weighed in on behalf of Carranza. So they're just sort of like a proxy battle there. Uh, anyway, over in the first uh, legislative district, Aaron Ortiz is running for re-election. He's being challenged by Alicia Elena Martinez. And this just goes to show you uh, <laughs> the, the lingering impact of Ed Burke. Ed Burke, of course, was the uh, alderman of the 14th, still is the alderman of the 14th Ward for years and years, but was powerful men in the city of Chicago, finance committee chair, uh, very influential Democratic committeemen, slated judges. Uh, he also had a property tax business. Uh, so while people were coming before the finance committee seeking uh, TIF uh, contracts, uh, seeking tax breaks, uh, and uh, he was <laughs> he was running a property tax business and basically shaking them down, saying, all right, you want these goodies from the city? This is the allegations anyway. Then you have to hire me as your property tax lawyer. Uh, the feds have indicted him. Uh, he it's, a, it's an embarrassment to the city of Chicago, embarrassment to the city council. And I think Lori Lightfoot uh, deserves credit. She uh, ran against uh, the whole notion of uh, Ed Burke having so much power and so much conflict of interest. The voters sided with her. Apparently, the voters said enough's enough with Ed Burke. And to a large degree, uh, they uh, used, uh, they turned against uh, Tony Preckwinkle because of her connections uh, as uh, to Ed Burke. Uh, anyway, here we are. Uh, Aaron Ortiz is running for re-election against Alicia Elena Martinez, who is a, uh, she had interned for Ed Burke and then worked for Ed Burke. So that's pretty embarrassing. All right. You know, I mean, this most disgraced politician in the city of Chicago at the moment anyway. Uh, and she, her connections are uh, to Ed Burke. So how does she deal with that? Well, she deals with that in part by saying it's an insult. Uh, I got to give her credit on this. This is like it's an insult to her to say that she was put up by Ed Burke, even though she worked for Ed Burke and interned for Ed Burke. So she like twists things around and says it's an insult. And then she counter uh, attacks Aaron Ortiz pointing out uh, that Aaron Ortiz is supported by Michael Joseph Madigan. And I had a smile at this one, D. This gets back to like Lori Lightfoot uh, making her endorsement of Delgado. In Chicago, the way it works, Aaron Ortiz ran against uh, Dan Burke. Follow me on this one, folks, who is uh, Ed Burke's brother. 
and he defeated him. And at the time, Aaron Ortiz was part of Chuy Garcia's organization. So uh, there's this ongoing fight on the southwest side of Chicago between Chuy Garcia uh, and Ed Burke, those two factions. And uh, it seemed like Chuy Garcia had the upper hand. And so uh, when, when Aaron Ortiz was running, Michael Madigan was with Dan Burke because Michael Madigan supports members of his caucus. As soon as Dan Burke was defeated, this is how Michael Madigan operates. Nancy Pelosi is the same way in Congress. She welcomed, uh, he, excuse me, uh, Michael Madigan welcomed Aaron Ortiz into the fold and Aaron Ortiz became a loyal member of the Madigan caucus and as such was supported by Madigan. And this is the funny thing, Martina's counterpuncher, she's a pretty good counterpuncher. She says, quote, Ortiz went from one political machine to the other referring to Ortiz being represented by longtime Madigan attorney Michael Casper in his challenge to, to Martinez's petitions, taking an in-kind $125 contribution from Madigan's political fund for printing and his silence on an email from Madigan confident Mike McLean. So essentially, uh, this is how the game is played in the city of Chicago. Once you challenge uh, if you challenge Mike Madigan, he's going to do everything he can uh, to defeat you. Once you defeat Mike, Mike Madigan's uh, proxy, once you've defeated Mike Madigan's caucus member, he welcomes you into the fold. That's how it goes uh, in Chicago politics. That's how it's always gold. As I said, uh, Nancy Pelosi plays the same game uh, in uh, Washington. If Marie Newman defeats Dan Lipinski. You watch. Nancy Pelosi will welcome her uh, into the fold. So I'm watching this with great delight. Uh, uh, Martinez, Alicia Elena Martinez doing a counterpunch against Aaron Ortiz, pointing out that uh, he is supported by a uh, Madigan. Got news for you folks. If Martinez w- should defeat Ortiz, first thing uh, Mike Madigan is going to do, welcome her to the fold. <laughs> That's how it works in Illinois politics. By the way, how's your Mike Madigan impression? Do you have a Mike Madigan impression? I, uh, yeah, uh, is that it? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Can I eat an apple? One more time? I I eat an apple. <laughs> I don't really have a Mike Madigan imitation. That's, I don't know. It's kind of Ken Davis. Yeah, well, it's okay, But it's though. more of a Chicago. He's got that thick Chicago eyes. Actually, Doris right. Davenport has entered the studio. Doris Davenport has entered the studio. We're going to be talking with Doris very shortly here. Feel free to weigh in. Send us an email if you'd like. BennyJShow at gmail.com. Hit us up on social media at BennyJShow. B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show, the Ben Jarofsky Show on Instagram. Doris Davenport is coming up. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Mm-hmm.